I think if we're being honest, we all know something of Abram's experience of a fearful faith. Most of us have to learn to trust God anew and afresh in each new season of uncertainty. Each time our security gets cut away from under us, in some respect, we have to learn these things anew. Welcome to Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths. I'm Steve Hiller, and we continue our series called The Blessing, looking at the story of Abram. And Jonathan, I think there can be maybe a sense of comfort uh, as we look at the story of Abram, seeing that, well, maybe that is a normal experience of the Christian life. You know, how Abram had to, you know, learn to trust God anew each time he faced a circumstance. Well, we may have to do that as well. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a huge amount we learn from the ups and downs of Abraham's life, and certainly there were plenty of those, and there were situations in which Abraham's faith was tested in huge ways, and sometimes he didn't go through that test very well. He didn't come out with flying colors, and sometimes he came through with extraordinary integrity of faith, but we learn something of what it looks like to trust God, to lean on his word, to rest on his promises in the messiness of life as we observe the life of this great hero of the faith as he ultimately is. He certainly is, and we're going to look at his story today in the book of Genesis. Hope you'll grab a Bible and join us in chapter 15 as we begin the message, The Lord Our Shield and Reward. Here is Jonathan. I wonder whether you have ever wondered to yourself whether the Lord will come through for you, whether things will turn out all right for you in the end as you follow Jesus Christ day by day. Maybe you've taken some great step of faith or obedience just lately. You've embraced some cost to serve the Lord. You have taken a risk of some kind. You've gone out on a limb. Your reputation your relationships, your financial security, your something, maybe even your everything is now on the line. And you wonder, is God going to leave me high and dry? Will he come through for me in the end? You have faith, but yours, if you're honest, perhaps, is something of a fearful faith. I don't know if that resonates with you on any level at the moment, but it is in precisely this situation that we encounter Abram, the man of faith, at the start of Genesis 15 here. You may remember that at the end of the last chapter of this story, at the end of Genesis 14, Abram had acted with great faith and considerable valor. He was involved in rescuing the cities of Canaan from the kings of Mesopotamia. And once the battle was complete and all was said and done, the king of Sodom came to him and offered to make a deal with Abram. He said, look, I will take the people, but you take the goods, you take the spoils, you take the treasure. In response to that offer, Abram made this faith-filled and we think rather noble declaration, verse 22 of the previous chapter. I have lifted my hand to the Lord, God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. 
You know, I'm not going down this road of wheeling and dealing with unbelieving kings and allowing myself to become beholden to any of them, least of all the king of sin city of Sodom itself. No, thank you. No, I, I'm going to rely on the Lord. You keep the spoils. You keep the treasure. I am just going to wait upon the Lord my God. It, it was a stake in the ground, wasn't it, for integrity, for faith for entrusting the future to God Himself. But you know, we move forward just one verse. We cross the chapter divide into chapter 15, and the Lord knows what's going on in Abram's mind, doesn't He? Having made this grand declaration in a rush of adrenaline, we suspect, Abram's pulse has now just settled down a little bit. It's calmed down. And fear has now settled into his heart. What if the Lord now allows me to miss out? I, I mean, I just forsook considerable wealth and spoil. I just signed away a pretty big fortune there. And actually, now that I am back from the battle, sitting alone in my home, in my living room, in the deafening silence, some realities are beginning to dawn upon me. Some hard facts are settling in, and to be quite honest, I'm anxious. I'm fearful that I've made a pretty big mistake here. I'm scared that I'm going to miss out in some significant way. And now in that moment of fear, the Lord brings His Word to Abram actually in a powerful vision. Verse 1, fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Abram, you've, you've made some sacrifices here. I've seen that. You may be feeling nervous now about how things are going to unfold, but don't fear. In trusting me, you've, you've made the right call. I am your defense. I am your shield. And the reward that will ultimately come to you is a very great one. Well, now Abram, he, he really opens up, and we get to the root of the issue, verse 2. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? What will you give me? For I, I continue childless, the heir of my house, Eliezer of Damascus. Behold, you've given me no offspring, and a member of my household is now going to be my heir. It's wonderfully honest, isn't it? What will you give me, Lord? Abram isn't holding back his feelings. He's not hiding the fearful concern of his heart. You've just said that my reward is going to be great, O oh God. That sounds nice. But this idea that I'm going to have a whole nation's worth of children and then grandchildren, it isn't looking too likely from where I'm sitting here. We still don't have any kids, Sarai and I. We are both old and getting older. Sarai is still barren. And in fact, you know what? I've, I've gone ahead. I've made some arrangements. I've made a member of the household my heir, Eliezer of Damascus. Lord, I'm fearful. I'm fearful that you're going to let me down at this point. That's the honest truth. I, I've walked by faith. You've seen that. I've entrusted myself to you. I've said no to some of the enticements of the world around me. And, and you, you've been faithful up until now, but the future, it's, it scares me. The uncertainty of my situation, it's hard 
for me. And as I look out on the days ahead and the weeks ahead, the months ahead, the years ahead, the future is looking just a little bit bleak to my eyes. I wonder if that feeling is in any way familiar to you. I wonder if you've ever been there. I wonder if perhaps you are even there at the present time. I think if we're being honest, we all know something of Abram's experience of a fearful faith. Most of us have to learn to trust God anew and afresh in each new season of uncertainty. Each time the waters before us look choppy, each time the road ahead looks bumpy, each time our security gets cut away from under us, in some respect, we have to learn these things anew don't we? And sometimes faith for us is mixed with a good dose of fear. That's the reality. Well, for fearful believers, the Lord brings His powerful reassurance and His deep grace in this chapter, reassurance and grace that extend through Abram to us as we seek to walk by faith in our day. Notice with me what the Lord brings to the fearful believer. First, He brings the help of a powerful visual aid. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to stargaze recently. The other evening it was cool and crisp and clear, not a cloud in the sky. I was out with the kids throwing a ball around in the backyard as it was getting dark and the stars were starting to twinkle in, in the darkening sky. And so before we headed indoors, we went to the very far end of our, our backyard, far away from the lights of the house or the street, and we all lay down on the grass and looked up at the stars above. It was a truly breathtaking sight. I guess it's a sight that's before us often enough, but we often ignore. In response to Abram's somewhat impertinent probing, what are you going to give me, God? The Lord sort of puts His arm around him, as it were, He, he brings him outside, verse 5, and He says, look toward heaven. Number the stars, if you're able to number them. Just look at that night sky. Try to begin to count all the stars that you see. And of course, the Lord knows that Abram won't be able to count them. If I'd suggested to our kids the other night that we try to count the stars, you know, you take the east, you take the west, you take the north, I'll take the south, if I'd suggested that, we would still be out there now. You know, you start counting, and you count for a long time. You get to 1,357, 1,358, 1,350. Where were we again? Oh, let's start again. One, two, three, and off you go. It can't be done. And the Lord says to Abram, very simply, middle of verse 5, so shall your offspring be impossible to count, numerous beyond numbering. The promise of God, it all looks so unlikely to be sure. Abram is old, Sarai is barren, no children on the horizon. But the Lord reaffirms His promise, and He gives to Abram a reminder, a visual aid that will be His for the rest of his life. A, a visual aid that will speak of the promise of God each and every day as He sits outside his tent at the end of the day with Sarai, sipping their cocoa 
and chatting about life. Still no children, still no progress, but the sky itself becomes the canvas on which is painted the reminder of the faithfulness of God. Uh, they look up, oh yes, hundreds of stars, thousands of stars, millions of stars. The Lord's promise, He's not forgotten. He, he won't fail us. You're listening to Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths and the first part of a message called The Lord, Our Shield and Reward. As we take a look at Genesis 15 and really look at what the Lord brings to the fearful believer. If you want to go back and listen to any broadcast that maybe you've missed in the series, then it's really easy to do so. Just come to our website, EncounterTheTruth.org, and there you can stream the program through your computer or mobile device, or you can download the MP3 for free. Just come to the website, it's EncounterTheTruth.org, and you'll find all the links you need right there. Again, that's at EncounterTheTruth.org. Well, we're able to bring you Encounter the Truth each day because of your generosity. And as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to say thank you by sending you a book called Everything a Child Should Know About God. It's a book that Jonathan's used with his own kids, and we'd love to send you a copy as our way of saying thanks for your support. You can find out more or give online at EncounterTheTruth.org. Back to the message. Here is Jonathan. I was reflecting on this wonderful picture, this wonderful visual aid, and thinking how nice it was for Abram to have that, how kind it was of God to give to Abram such a powerful visual aid. But initially, as I was reflecting on the passage, I thought to myself that this picture, it really is just for Abram. You know, we can look over his shoulder and observe the picture from afar, but it's, it's perhaps not really ours. But then a, a thought struck me. The New Testament tells us very clearly that all who share the faith of Abram are descendants of Abram, part of his family, not ethnically or biologically, but in terms of being part of the family of faith. If we are believers, we are children of Abram in that sense. Now think again about the promise. God knew that the blessing of Abram, the blessing given in Genesis 12, would stretch beyond the physical descendants of Abram to include his spiritual descendants as well. It would include ultimately the church of Jesus Christ as the blessings go out to the nations through Abram and his family. And this visual aid, it does point ultimately to that spiritual reality. And as I reflected upon that, the power of the picture suddenly hit home for me. God makes it so clear, doesn't he, through his word, that his plan and his intention has always been to create one enormous global people of faith, a global church of the redeemed in Christ. The wonderful vision of the saints of Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9 came to mind for me. Perhaps you remember it. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, a great multitude that no one could number. The picture of the stars in that ancient Near Eastern sky all those years ago, it points to the glorious company of the redeemed family of God from every tribe and tongue and people too numerous to count. That's 
ultimately where this thing is going. And recognizing that, the visual aid comes as a comfort and a reassurance. It came as a comfort and a reassurance to Abram that starry night, and it comes through Abram to us as well. We look out on our world, don't we? Chaotic and needy as it is. We look out on our society, broken and lost as it is. We look out on our culture, conflicted and hostile as it can be. And you and I, we can think to ourselves, is there any real hope for those around us to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ? Is there any real hope that those around us could join the family of God? Is there any real hope for the church of Jesus Christ to be built in our day? and in our age. The obstacles, they're huge. The opposition, it's very real. And faith, what happens? Faith turns quickly to fear and even to despair. But here, the Word of God points our eyes today to a real-time visual aid. The Word of God points our eyes to the night sky, and it reminds us that God promised a great, big, global family to Abram, a family not only of physical descendants, but physical descendants, yes, but a family as well of spiritual descendants. And God is not done. God is not finished with that work. That family will continue to grow as it is, in fact, growing all around the world so that it is beyond all counting. And it's a majestic thought, isn't it? If you've had that experience of lying in the grass and looking up at the night sky, you know that the experience, it always lifts you out of your context to something big and grand and glorious and cosmic. It always reminds us of our Creator and His great power. And the visual aid here given to Abram, it transcends the ups and downs of human history, the rise and fall of governments and movements and cultures and civilizations, and it points us to the power of the God of heaven above, His power to achieve His plans and His purposes in His agenda, on His terms, and in His way. It reminds us today, doesn't it, that God will grow His family, will build His church, and nothing's going to stop Him. In days such as ours, I think that is actually a tremendous encouragement to us as a people of God. I think it's actually well worth our time to take a few moments and go out and look at the night sky and the stars that fill the heavens, and it's worth taking time to praise God, isn't it? And to thank God that His promise will not fail that his family of redeemed children will continue to grow beyond all counting, despite all the obstacles along the way. For the fearful believer, God brings the help of a powerful visual aid. Next, he brings the gift of righteousness. There are occasions where a brief statement is put so simply and in such an unadorned way that we could almost overlook its weight and its significance. One survivor of the Holocaust describes the experience of an American tank driving through the gates of the concentration camp where he was being held and was soon to be killed, and the American soldiers from the tank simply shouting out, you're free, you're free, two simple words, but bearing all the weight 
in the world full of such joyful hope. And you can imagine the prisoners, can't you? You can imagine the prisoners wondering, did I mishear that? Did I hear it aright? Did I get that right? Did they really say that? Did they mean it? Is it true? Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6 is one of the weightiest verses in all the Bible, and it is one of the most hope-filled. It is a profound statement of the basic principle underlying the gospel. It points forward to the work of Christ and the key divine mechanism of our salvation. It is foundational to New Testament gospel faith. But it is put so simply, isn't it? We could read the chapter and skim over it so very easily. God has just reaffirmed His promise to give Abram a great family of descendants. He made that promise in the face of Abram's fearful doubts, as we see. And in response to the promise of God, here is what we read, verse 6, and he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Now, to be righteous is simply to be right with God. It is for God the judge, and he is the judge, it is for God the judge to declare that you are innocent, that all is well with you in his divine courtroom. Now, if we've been reading the story carefully, we know full well that Abram was not someone who had a perfectly righteous record before God. Far from it. He was not innocent on the basis of his behavior. We only need to look back to chapter 13 to see a major moral lapse in the life of Abram. We only need to look forward to chapter 16 to see another one coming. And as we zoom out from Abram and his story within the Scriptures, we see very quickly and very clearly that actually no one has a perfect moral record. No one has their own righteousness. That's the heart of the human problem. Ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against God in the Garden of Eden, the problem of unrighteousness, the problem of human guilt before God, it is the fundamental human problem. That's why suffering and death have come into the world. Those things are the judgment of God for our failure to live as He created us to live. But you'll remember, God has set Abram apart. He's promised to bring salvation, blessings to him and to his family and through them to the nations of the world. And if we think carefully about that promise back in Genesis 12, about the great promise that was given, we have to ask the question, if we're thinking carefully about it, we have to ask, what about the problem of sin? What about human rebellion? What about the fact of humanity's guilt before God? How will salvation blessings come when the problem of sin remains? Well, those are some really big questions, and we're going to take a look at those and answer them next time here on Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths. Hope you'll make it a point to tune in. If you ever miss a program, you can always listen online at EncounterTheTruth.org. Well, Encounter the Truth is a listener-supported broadcast. We're able to stay on the station because of your generosity. But as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to say thank you by sending you a book called Everything a Child Should Know About God. So, Jonathan, sounds like a kid's book, but who is this book actually written for? 
Well, it is indeed for children, as the title suggests. It's a lovely overview of essential Bible truths about God. But it's a book not only that kids can read for themselves if they're readers, but it's a lovely book for parents to read with their children or grandparents to read with their grandchildren, maybe as a daily quiet time resource, a daily devotional resource. Uh, We found it to be hugely useful in our own family. We've used it with our kids and just loved it. So you used it with your own kids. Um, you, You felt like they were able to understand a little bit more of God because of that? Oh, absolutely. It takes simple truths from Scripture and puts them clearly in language that kids can latch onto and respond to. It's beautifully designed for that purpose and nicely written. Well, it is called Everything a Child Should Know About God. We'd love to send you a copy as you give a gift of any amount in supporting Encounter the Truth this month. You can find out more or give online by coming to our website, EncounterTheTruth.org, or give us a call at 833 888-7884. That's 833-99-TRUTH. Or again, the website, EncounterTheTruth.org. Well, thanks for listening today, and I hope you'll join us next time.